Hey guys, welcome back to the Brink of Reality podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brink, here to bring you my latest Survivor exit interview with the 21st century success story, Matty Wahlberg, who just went out just before what we are assuming is the merge. So uh, really excited to break this down with Matty. And this is one I've definitely been anticipating to come at some point, which is really fun. And as you'll hear from the podcast, there's some really good moments. So really cool to break it down with Matty and appreciate him and Ten for setting this up. And to you guys for listening, honestly, uh, I've said this maybe a little bit repetitively lately, but it blows me away that after four years, there's so many of you who check out the exit interviews, who check out the recaps, especially, which do amazingly. So thank you for all your support. Thank you to everyone who does listen. And yeah, we really, really appreciate it. All right. Pressing play on my exits with Matty Wahlberg. They're not going to see me coming. He is a snake and he can't be trusted one bit. Bad on them because I'm still here. Very excited. I am chatting to the 21st century success story, Matty Wahlberg. Matt, what's going on? Um, mate, I'm living the dream. I'm talking about Survivor all day, so I've got no complaints. No, that's, that is a, a dream to talk Survivor all day. And uh, I know you've been listening about Survivor as well. So how, how have you found the interaction online with people coming at you? Some people loving you, some people not loving you. What, how have you found that? I, I, honestly, I've loved it. I have, I've thoroughly enjoyed it, especially a bit of the hate. Um, the Facebook comments from some of my staff is just amazing. Like, all these mums and staff are just so angry. And, and, and honestly, I love it. In some ways, it has been... Uh, it sucks for some people who can't, you know, take some of the criticism as, as I can. I think it's quite unfortunate, especially someone like Sarah, who's so popular. Oh, I'm just have it online for no reason by a bunch of survivor marks who would never get cast on the show. But I personally have have really, really enjoyed it. Can I ask you, obviously, I know using the term mark there anyway, so that's someone who's like a passionate fan of whatever they're watching in Survivor that is in wrestling that is as well. You take, you've taken this wrestling persona, I feel, onto the show. Is that just like part of your DNA at this point or is that who you are? Uh, a lot of people ask about the wrestling character and to be honest, it's, it's, it's very similar to who I am as well. Uh, it's not that far far removed from, from who I am um, every day. And I think me at the challenges is, is probably closest to the wrestler, but I'm not like that all the time. You know, I don't have enough energy in my body to be that crazy. No, definitely not. And we spoke about this on the podcast as well about I felt there was two sides of you. There's the challenge side where it's that very extroverted person, but then there's that social player back in camp who seems to be building pretty strong relationships relationships with people. So, what was that? How were you trying to develop those relationships on camp, and especially after the swap? Because technically, and I said this on the podcast, you were the last person targeted from the original contenders on that new tribe you're on. Yeah, well, I think I went in with a bit of a, a strategy where I was—I know how I am in competitions. I know how uh, enthusiastic I can be, how over the top I can be, and that's just because I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I've, I've said in the past I'm un- unhealthily competitive at times. But when I did use that to my to my advantage was to be all about the team and support my team and want them to do really, really well so that they know I'm, I'm right or die for them. And when the, the tribe swap happened, I was honest with the champions because I didn't have any concrete uh, connections in, in that I was in alliances with the original contenders. So I told them, I'm here for my new team. You are part of my new team and, and I will play for you and I will win for you. Uh, so I think they knew 100% that I was there and I would be valuable 
through to the merge if, if they brought me with them. And, and that was the idea that was going to happen if Harry wasn't so bloody good at finding idols. Yeah, I I talked a little bit about this as well last night. Like, we were seeing you looking for the idol after the challenge. Obviously, Harry, I felt like, made a fundamental mistake in telling you that he had the idol clue and told you exactly where it was. If you had have had your hand on that idol and you had got got it first, is that your idol or would you have given it to him? That's 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 my that's my idol one hundred percent. And yeah. I think me and Harry were very close uh, on on the island, and and I think he felt when I came over, he felt that I was one of the reasons he was still there because when Casey just before she went, he was going to play her his idol for her one hundred percent. And I was in his ear all day. Don't do it. Don't trust her. I'm telling you right now, you need to do what I'm telling you. And so I was. He listened to me, and it turned out what I was telling him was true because the champions were talking to me, and I was working with them, but I was also working with Harry. Uh, so he actually told me it, and, and he kind of gave me like a minute or two to look by myself as like a thank you in a way. What he didn't do because he's still a smart bastard. Yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't tell me the part of the clue about it being up high. Yeah. So I was look. I just I'll look under the shelter. And unfortunately, it turned up that it was up high. So he did find it. And a little side note with that, I actually thought I found the idol because I went underneath the shelter and found a bag, basically, and I hid it. But it turned out it was uh, Andy had stolen a sandbag from one of the challenges he won, and it turned out I didn't have an idol. I just had an old sandbag that no one cared about. Where's the old sandbag now? I threw it into the jungle because I was so gu- I, I, I had that moment where I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm alive. I'm all good. And then it turned out I was just a sandbag. So <laughs> the emotional roller coaster of that day was, was insane. Yeah, I can I can only imagine. I think something that you talked about then was that relationship with Harry. And something that I feel like has probably been underreported is Harry is a wrestler, probably not as, as big as you are in the Australian scene, but he is developing that. So like I guess you had that bond and connection through wrestling, which is probably something you didn't expect to find out there. Very much so. I mean, you know, uh, wrestling in Australia is kind of like a small community still, so... On day one, when he rocked up and he was like, hey, man, I know who you are, Manny Walberg. I was like, okay. And we actually have a, had a lot of friends in common, and it was it was nice to have someone out there who kind of understands, uh, you know, part of part of our life. You know, we kind of had that yeah. straight-up connection, and I enjoyed having him on through the Tribe Swap too. So we had 24 days to kind of hang out and, and have a good time and uh, get to play a bit of Survivor, which was fun. Yeah, that is really cool. Obviously, that final day as well, you're trying to, you know, create something with Roscoe and Simon, who we see you have a conversation with at the well. Did you feel there was any wiggle room there with them, or were they just champion strong? I think with Simon, I I think my pitch to him was pretty good. I I was straight up and blunt with him, and I still think to this day that that was the smart move that he should have done that. But, uh, with Ross, he's such a wild card. I thought we had more chance with Ross doing something crazy than Simon. Simon, I really feel, wasn't there to play the game necessarily. Like, he was there, but he wasn't He wasn't doing everything it took to win. Yeah. I think in some ways he just kind of wanted to make it to the merge. So I thought we had more chance with Roscoe than we did with uh, Simon. Yeah, it's it's a hard one. Like, let me take you back to that swap itself where you find yourself, obviously you've been dominating early in the challenges. I think you guys had won like five or six challenges and uh, sent them to Tribal Council, the champions. You had a numbers advantage. When you were seeing that dwindling away, and obviously in your tribe itself, you had a 5-4 disadvantage. Like, how does that feel? How does that feel to be in such a strong position and probably thinking, oh, I'm making the merge easy to then falling so short? It was it was frustrating, and I think you can kind of tell 
throughout the tribals that I went to, you can see my frustration slowly building to when yeah. it's that last tribal, I was just over it. So it was, it was frustrating because I had no control. It wasn't like I played a bad game. I didn't make any moves that were the wrong moves. It was just the game was taken out of my hands in the sense that, you know, Sam, Sarah and Hannah all got voted off. Uh, Sean got taken from our tribe. Casey decided not to play with us. And I was just like, every idea or plan that I had just got removed. And it wasn't through me doing something really stupid. It was just sometimes, you know, Survivor uh, throws spanners in, in, in the works. And, and I think in some ways I was unlucky. Yeah, that, I, that's what we were talking about last night. Sometimes I think Survivor just eats you up and I think you just got eaten up by the number game at the end. You also had a really interesting relationship with Luke. Someone you didn't play with uh, on the same tribe but you were playing against quite regularly. What was that relationship like? Like, Tell me about your, your connection with Luke. Well, I remember the, when the, uh, we first walked out and we were standing there and the champions came out. Everyone... You know, there was E.T. there, there was Simon Black. Everyone was talking about Luke, and I had no idea who Luke was. I hadn't seen his season, yeah. and everyone was just, I can't believe Luke's here, the spy shack, the spy shack. So when the wrestle happened, I was like, I want Luke. If he's the guy around here, I want to beat him. And just from there, it kind of it kind of got went along where it didn't matter what the challenge was. I would either go first or Luke would go first, and we, we kind of had to go up against each other, and it was a lot of fun. I, I genuinely loved that rivalry, and I think it was all kind of in good fun. Uh, we both got our victories at, at some stage and we were happy to, you know, throw it in the other guy's face. But I think it was just, it made the challenges more fun. And, and some people thought, oh, you know, I was a bit of a prick throughout all that. But I think me and Luke, re- re- we really respected each other yeah. in a way. Something that I found interesting just watching your Facebook Live, which I thought was a really smart idea that you had, is that you were talking about how if you had made the merge, you would have wanted to have worked with Luke. Is that something that... You, you genuinely want to do was to work with him and, and, and like I know I've seen a bit of the uh, social media back and forth between the two is that rivalry continuing off the island as well? I, I kind of realised once we started competing against either constantly and it became a thing like even JLP would make comments oh here we go again I'm like no one will think I will work with this guy so I think it was something that I had in the back of my mind and I really pushed the rivalry more knowing that it could be an advantage for me later in the game yeah uh the rivalry still does exist, though. You know, I think we both very much enjoy taking taking shots at the other guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm hoping one day we get to have a, have a match. I'm waiting for a company to pick it up and, and put me and Lukey in the ring. Well, who do you predominantly wrestle with right now? Give him a shout-out. Uh, so my main company is uh, PWA Australia, yeah. uh, which is a Sydney-based company. We're on Ovo Place, so we're streaming all over the place. But that's my home company, and we'll... It's the biggest company in Australia right now. Well, if Lukey's listening, you know, you got to be the man, you got to beat the man. So I guess we'll have to see what happens. I don't know. I've been on social media. I've been asking. You know, he, he had a little video of him with a with a fake wrestling belt calling me out because he's the king of the jungle. And mate, Name the time and place. He's busy. You know, he, he's a dad. Yes. He's got a lovely family and everything. So I think I've got to try and fit into his schedule at the moment. Yeah, potentially. Obviously, um, you've gone so far. If you had have made the merge, do you, did you have plans? Like, what was your strategy going to be if you had made the merge? Because obviously, you've seen enough Survivor to know, and you've seen the challenge as well, which I'll ask you about as well. Like, you've seen these competitions where sometimes if you're a physically strong competitor, that makes a huge target on your back when you get to that point. Like, how were you trying to, I guess, remove that tag from who you were as a person? I think in some ways, I worked myself into a position where I had people that trusted me and liked me on both sides. So I was really, I could have been that middle person who could go either way. And sometimes those people 
go through because I think the big dogs going forward are really going to be like Janine, uh, Abby, Daisy, Sean, Luke and Dave, like all these other people. And I think most people thought I wasn't being strategic out there. And that was part of my gameplay is to just pretend I'm just the challenge guy. Yeah. So no one thought that I was being sneaky or doing anything. And I actually didn't tell any lies. She's very rare for Survivor. And it's not because I'm an upstanding citizen. It's because I wanted to earn trust so that when I did lie, it worked and it meant a lot more. I just didn't have the opportunity. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, last one, obviously, you know, and we've spoken about this, Survivor being a heavily pro- uh, edited product. Was there something that you kind of wish you were waiting to see come on TV that didn't come out or any interesting stories that you want to share? I think my favorite thing that I wish they showed was my relationship with Baden. Uh, after, you know, the, the second episode where I was just, you know, really wanted him to go and they really showed that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he had that tribal speech and it was amazing and it really connected with me and I kind of took him under my wing. Uh, and at night time, I, I was teaching him to become bad boy Baden. That was what I kind of gave him, and I was talking, teaching him to trash talk. I wanted him to be confident, yeah. and because I, I know the kind of guy he was, and I was trying to bring out a different side of him. And one of my favorites was uh, Sean was standing there, and I wanted to give Baden some trash talk. So I was like, Baden, what I want you to do is just go, hey, Sean, you're a dickhead. Okay, that's it. See if it works. And he goes, Sean, dickhead. And I was like, no, no, Baden. And I had to pull him aside. And But it was a, a really fun relationship that I had, and I think it really worked later on you can even see his confidence build and he's a he really comes out of his shell yeah. and and i'm hoping he comes out even more um in future episodes because he's just he's a fun kid yeah he's a, he seems like a good guy uh maddie i don't i feel like this is such a low-key podcast i was expecting like fireworks or trash talk and it just seems to have gone so well see because here's the thing i i genuinely i can't believe this i actually liked most of the people on the island which i did not think was going to happen the people I don't like are most of the survivor marks, all these fans who, are just, instead of just enjoying the show, they just want to complain and whinge and troll and all these kind of things. So I've gone from thinking that I was going to talk bad about all the people on the show to being like, I actually like everyone, and I'm very confused by that because usually I don't like that many people. So this is a very different experience for me too. No, I, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued by it. It's very interesting. Uh, what else do you have coming up next? Like Plug what you've got coming up, shows, I imagine. You're still teaching as well? Yeah, still teaching, but I'm, um, my weekends are spent wrestling. So if you're interested in coming and checking it out, Australian Wrestling's killing it right now. I'm PWA in Sydney, MCW in Melbourne, I'll be there uh, next weekend, and then EPW in Perth, I'll be over there in a few weeks. So, Lukey, I'm coming to your hood, lad. So you've got no more complaints. I'm going to be in Perth. I'm going to come say hello to him. Dun, 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 dun. All right, there you have it, my chat with the 21st century success story, the latest Lenovo player from Australian Survivor, Matty Wahlberg. And... I don't know what you guys took from that. I feel like I've been ridded a little bit. I actually feel like he's not a bad guy. So, all right, there we go. Uh, the fun of podcasting. All right. Uh, thank you to everyone who's checked out this, who's been checking out all the X interviews and all the recaps, like I said. Any suggestions of people that you'd like on? Uh, it's an interesting time of year to get people on, but reach out. I'll see what I can do. And that's about it. Stay tuned for the recap that'll be coming tonight to recap the 13th episode. We're over halfway of Australian Survivor. So really excited to break that all down. And that's it. Until next time, guys, community has spoken. I have spoken. Maddie Wahlberg has spoken. We'll chat to you very soon. See you guys. Bye. The tribe has spoken. Time for you to go.